0: To talk to you this morning, uh, even though I'm very nervous, as you can probably understand. Um, but I hope to do my best. Um, I've also uh, done a little PowerPoint slide for us all to look at some pretty pictures and everything, which I just hope will focus your minds on what I'm saying. Um, so, as you can see, today I am going to talk about worship. Um, and um, I was just wondering what jumps to mind when I say the word worship. Um, for most of you maybe it will, it will you'll just think about what we've just done maybe just a 20 minute session of singing songs in church uh, maybe a bit of dancing a bit of clapping um, yeah that's about that's about it maybe when you think of worship um, and um, I'd just like to say that is not what this preach is going to be about, so sorry if that's what you thought it was going to be about. <laughs> um, it's, um, it's so much deeper than that, um, although that 20 minutes that we've just done is our expression of worship, um, actually it is so much more than that, and that is what I believe God wants to talk to us about today, so that is what I'm going to talk to you about today. Um, so um, I was just looking on the internet and I just came across this guy talking about worship, um, can't even remember his name, but um, if you want to know, then I can find it for you. Um, and he said, um, when Christians view worship as the most important priority, which is correct, that is, that should be the most important priority in our lives, but have a superficial view of what worship is, the result is often a superficial Christian life. Thank you. Um, and that's quite challenging. That's quite a challenging thing. Um, and this preach, as I was preparing, was also uh, very challenging for myself in my own heart, and listening to what God was saying to me. So I hope it doesn't come across as too heavy today. But hopefully, you'll come out feeling free um, and more free to worship God. Um, so, what is worship all about? Um, and the definition of worship that I found is it means uh, to give someone or something honor and um, to basically proclaim something or someone as worthy of yourself. That's what worship means. You, you give yourself to that thing or someone. Um, so if we could put the first slide up. So... Um, I'd just like to say we all worship something. We don't have to be a Christian to worship something. You can see people already pointing out stuff that they can see that maybe is a little bit of a worship thing in their life. Um, (laughs) um, We all worship something. And um, Louis Giglio, uh, in his book, uh, The Air I Breathe, um, he says, um, when you follow the trail of your time, your energy, affection, and money, you will find a throne. And whatever or whoever is on that throne is the object of your worship. And maybe if you just have a look at things up there, um, maybe you can spot some things in your life, just like I have a sip of water. So, some of the stuff that we've got up there, you can see Facebook, that's one of the big worship things in my life. Every like, every morning, that's the first thing I check on my brain. Probably the last thing I check at night. Um, that takes up a big part of my life, and I'm sure it does a lot of people's lives as well. Um, you can see like jobs, career, getting your dream job, fame, you can see Lady Gaga up there. Um, and health and fitness, that can be worshiping in people's lives. Um, money, um, um, your hobbies, like music, things like that, that can turn into a form of worship technology, having the latest technology um, having um building up your self-esteem all the time and then the big one uh i think for everyone is relationships um i think that is where we can easily fall into worshiping a human being rather than worshiping god um um, and all these things they can be good they're not bad things um it's not bad to go on facebook thank goodness (laughs) um and it's not bad to get married it's not bad to love someone um but um It's when these things turn into an idol in our lives that it becomes a bit of a problem for us. Um, So what is an idol? Um, God talks about idols quite a lot in the Bible. So what is an idol? Um, And the definition of an idol is any object of ardent or excessive devotion or admiration. Mm. (laughs) Um, so maybe just think about these questions what is the first thing that pops into your mind in the morning and what is the last thing you think about at night what does the majority of your money and your time get spent on and um, what would be the one thing in your life that you would find almost impossible to give up if God said I want you to surrender that to me, what is that one thing in your life because I think we probably have a few but I think actually um, there probably is one major thing in our life that we focus on um, and um, so if you put the next slide up, I'll just give an example of what can be, <laughs> just to judge all the men, and some women, don't want to be sexist, but. <laughs> um, so, um, sorry Rich, by the way, I'm just going to apologise now, don't want to make you feel guilty, but. <laughs> um, So, football is a major thing in this country. Uh, If you want to see people worship, um, you don't need to look in church. Just go to a football match and you will see worship coming out from people's hearts. You see them raising hands, singing songs. They spend a lot of time, money, and they make sacrifices to support their team. They check up on their progress every day. Um, It comes up in every conversation that they have on Facebook or down the pub or anything. Um, Some... (laughs) Um, some, some would even give their lives to protect their team's honour. Some You can see someone being arrested there. And some would go to prison and some would actually risk being, being killed for the honour of their team. Um, so that's just an example of what an idol is. Sorry, Rich. <laughs> it's not the only idol, it's just the one I thought of. Sorry. Um, so um, now we're just going to hear what God... Um, thinks about that. <laughs> um, and um, in Exodus thirty four fourteen, it says, for you shall worship no other God, for the Lord whose name is jealous is a jealous God. Um, and in Deuteronomy 30, 17, but if your hearts turn away and you do not hear, you are drawn away to worship other gods and serve them instead. Um, and I think God is just trying to say to us, the reason he he, he's not very keen on these kind of things in our lives. He, that's not really, that's not what gets God excited in our lives, to see us putting all that passion and energy in, into these things. Um, and the fact is that we belong to him. We belong to him. We are rightfully his. He, is, he has uh, died to claim us as his own. And he created us in the first place. Um, and idols are just a way uh, that the devil uses to distract us from us. And it can be... Um, really obvious ways to distract us or it can be more subtle ways. Like I would say even um, as Christians in the church we can also use doctrines sometimes um, and raise them up way above even god himself like that is what we worship we worship that doctrine of maybe prosperity of healing of money and that is the one thing we focus on and if anything shakes that our whole faith in god is shaken at the same time um and so i think the the devil will, will come in in even subtle ways to try and distract us and fix our mind on one thing rather than just fixing our eyes on god um so why are these things not good to worship. Why is God the only one truly worthy of our worship? And um, God gave me uh, two pictures. And um, the picture was of me walking into the throne room of God. And um, on the throne room of God, there was all these idols in my life sitting on this throne. A huge pile of them taking over the throne. Um, when I was thinking, hmm, where's God? And he was sitting on the floor next to the throne. And that picture horrified me that was horrific to see that picture to see that that is what in my heart I have done with some of the things in my life that I have just scooted God off the throne and put those things to worship them but um, when you don't realize it you just carry on but when God shows you that vividly what you're doing in your life it is is, it's horrifying when you know who God is he's the king of kings and you just kicked him off the throne for these things Um, and then he showed me another picture walked into the throne room again. I was hoping this time God would be on the throne, but nope. <laughs> um, it was the same thing. All these idols were still on the throne again, and I'm like, God, what are you saying? Like, you're making me feel really bad. And um, um, as um, I saw all these idols on the throne, he, um, he just showed me how these idols crumbled into dust and blew away, and then left sitting on the throne. Underneath all that was God. And um I just felt like God was saying, he is the one that remains today, yesterday, and forever. He is the one that is always there, always steadfast, and these things, that is the difference between worshipping God and worshipping idols. It's the difference between uh, fixing your mind on the temporary and fixing your mind on the eternal. Um, And God is the eternal one. He is the only one you can fix your eyes on. There isn't any other eternal that you can fix your eyes on. He is the only one. You don't really have a choice. That's it. He is the one. Um, So, if, if we do put our hopes and dreams, if we think, well, actually, I think it's all right to sort of, it's all right to have a few idols in my life, as long as God's mainly on the throne, as long as he's got a little bit of a corner. Um, actually, um, if we put our hopes and dreams into the temporary, we are just setting ourselves up for a fall. Um, If uh, you look in Matthew 7, uh, verses 24 to 27, it's talking about the wise and foolish builders when uh, they build their house, when the wise man builds his house on a rock and the foolish man builds his house on the sand. Um, And I just felt like that's what God said. Like, if you build your house on the rock, which is me, when the storm comes, when everything is destroyed, you will still be standing because you are on a firm foundation. But if you build your house on the sand, which is temporary, it can easily just be washed away by anything in your life. Um, You're going to, you could fall at any point in your life. There is no no security in in putting your hope and dreams in those kind of things because at any point you can fall. Um, so um, worshiping God is to fix our eyes on eternity. Um, and it says in the Bible that we are as aliens in this world. We have been born into a different realm, a different kingdom, and that is the kingdom of God. Like that's so exciting, and it's different than this world. It has different rules from. The, from this world, we don't follow the rules of this world, uh, because God has given us a different uh, law of grace and love and freedom. Um, And because this isn't our home, this is not what we should cling to, so those things in the world is not what we should cling to either. Um, Yeah, so, um, we talked about what we shouldn't worship, so now we should talk about what we should worship, and I think you can all guess now, it is God. (laughs) Um, So, I'm going to talk about... True worship and true meaning the pure, original God's intended way of worshipping. We were all created to worship right from the start. That's why we do have these hearts that get distracted and worship things because everyone will worship something. Um, So if we um, look at the Old Testament, if you put the next slide up, yeah. the Old Testament was, um, it stands out to me as it was very physical. Worship was very physical. It was very outward. Everyone could see that you were sacrificing what you were doing with your life. Um, in the Old Testament, you had to um, have a priest offer up your sacrifices for you. Um, and the priest could only come from a select group of um, Levites, which were the only ones who were allowed into the holy places of God. Um, And they would offer up burnt offerings, animal sacrifices, and there would be two types, which would be a sin offering, to atone for the things you've done wrong, and a thanks offering, thank God, for things that he had done in your life. Um, So it was very physical. Um, You couldn't approach God yourself. It had to be through uh, God's chosen one. And that person had to be pure, had to be clean, had to do all these rituals to even approach God. And he could get into one place. There was the holies of holies, and then there was the most holies of holies. And the priest could enter the holies of holies. No one could enter into the most holies of holies. Um, And then, Jesus came along. Thank God. (laughs) And... um, I'll just read, uh, read it out in Hebrews nine eleven to 14. It just talks about what Christ did. And it says, When Christ came as our high priest of the good things that are now already here, he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not made with human hands, that is to say, it is not part of this creation. He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once and for all by his own blood, thus obtaining a- eternal redemption. The the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled on those who are ceremonially unclean sanctify them so that they were outwardly clean. How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death, so that we may serve the living God? So basically, what Jesus did was he completely broke through that barrier. That is what it meant when the temple tore in two. It meant that barrier between us and God, it was gone. There is no barrier anymore. So what Jesus did when he came and died for us and his blood covers us means he has made us completely pure. We can walk straight into the, not just the holies of holies, the most holies of holies. We can go into the throne room of God. He, Jesus paid the ultimate sacrifice. He was the ultimate perfection cancelling out ultimate sin. Finished. Done. Done. Um, so worship is now, worship has now become freedom. You are free. You are free to worship him. You don't have to do it, you don't have to drag a bull into church. <laughs> or a little sheep, in my case, who wouldn't be able to drag a bull. Um, but um, <laughs> um, we are free to worship him now. We, actually, we're free to worship him in, in unique ways. Um, and um, so in the New Testament... Jesus made what was physical, what was something we had to do, spiritual. It has now been made something that is between us and God, that is our spirit, God's spirit, connected because there is no barrier anymore. Um, and um, I talked about how the priests were the only ones that could go into the holies of holies and in the Bible, in the New Testament it it basically tells us that we are now all priests. So it's telling you you are now all free to enter into that place. Um, It says in Peter 2 verse 5, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. I I don't think sometimes we really that part of the gospel is so is is to enable us to worship him like we, we couldn't do that before and now we get to worship him that's what we get to do it is a privilege that we never had before to worship him um and um you may think Glad I wasn't born in the old testament time um, i was just speaking to mike about this earlier <laughs> and uh, he was saying he was glad he didn't have to do all that sacrificing and everything um and uh, and as I said, you may fan- not fancy like dragging all those animals into church every Sunday and everything, but um, actually, um, if you look in the New Testament, Jesus came to fulfil the law. He didn't come to abolish it. So it's just like with um, murder and adultery. He doesn't come and say, oh, it's okay, you can murder and, and you, can, you can commit adultery. That's fine now because you're free. He actually raises the bar higher. And he says, if you look at someone last year, you're committing adultery. If you, um, if you hate someone, that is murder in your heart. Um, so Jesus always raises the bar higher um, because um, it's not about what we can do. We know we can't do it. It is about him. And he can raise that bar higher because he can always meet that bar. Can you put the next slide up? Okay. It says that the hour is coming and now is here when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. That is what God wants out of us now that is the worship he wants now he wants us to worship in spirit and in truth and so that's what i was going to say he set the bar higher it isn't about um we can worship him less actually it's even more we get to worship him even more and he set the bar higher no we don't have to drag animals into church but actually that would be easier because what god is asking for us now is our whole lives every second of our lives he wants it it would be easier to drag animals into church every Sunday and just to be done. It would be easy just to do our 20 minutes of worship on a Sunday and then just walk out and think, done my worship for the week. That is not what God is asking for. Um, it says in Romans 12, 1, I urge you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, well-pleasing to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Um, and then in Mark 12:30, 30, um, he says, he, this is him raising the bar, bang, you can't get higher than this, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. That is the bar he set for us in the New Testament. It doesn't actually get easier. Um, So God wants all of us. And um, yeah, we might think that that 20 minutes of worship on a Sunday... that suffices or at least if we've had a bad week we kind of can get back together in our 20 minutes of worship but actually what about um the other 167 hours and 40 minutes of our week that is how many hours there are in a week i found out the other day that's a lot of hours and um that is a lot of opportunities to show worship to god as well Um, and you may think to yourself, which is kind of what I thought when I read that verse for the first time, how is that possible? It is impossible to worship God with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all my mind and all my strength. How is that even possible? And, um, and, and we're right. Actually, we can't. We can't do that. That is impossible. Um, but, um, but don't panic. Have something to comfort you, or rather, Jesus sent someone to comfort you, and his name is the Holy Spirit. He is the Comforter. Um, he enables us to worship God in spirit and in truth, as it said in John. So you're free. You don't need to feel under a burden. Um, all we've got to do is follow the Holy Spirit, and we will worship God with our lives. And so, what does that mean to worship in spirit and in truth? Um, So I was asking God about that and just saying, like, what what does that mean? Um, And uh, I just felt like God said, so the spirit part of it means that it's no longer physical, it is spirit between you and me, it is not based on feelings, so it's not something that, we, we walk into church or we, we go around our lives, and it's only if we really feel like worshipping God. It's only if I'm in the mood to worship God. If I've had a good week, I'll worship God. If, if God's done something really amazing to me this week, I'll, I'll worship God. Um, it's not actually about how we feel, because our feelings will change all the time. I don't know about your feelings, but my feelings change all the time. My mood changes all the time. I don't always feel like worshipping. When I'm standing at the front of church, I'm not always in the mood to worship. That is, that's just the honest truth. Uh, because I'm a human being, and actually it's the Holy Spirit that leads you guys into worship. It is not a human being at the front. Um, and, and so that's definitely what the Spirit means. Worshiping worship in spirit in truth is the Holy Spirit comes and he stirs it up in us. So if we arrive at church on Sunday and we don't really feel like worshiping, ask the Holy Spirit to come. Even if you've had the worst week, ever, The worst year ever, ask the Holy Spirit to come and he can do the supernatural. I mean, we're not supposed to worship him in a human, we're supposed to worship him in the, in the supernatural, in, not just based on our feelings, based on who God is. And he never changes, so he's always worthy of our worship. So, um, the next one so we worship in spirit and we worship in truth. So, worshiping God in truth means two things. Number one, we worship God as he is, you don't worship God in the little box that we put him in. We don't say, I'm going to worship that God, or I'm going to worship that part of God. I don't really like that a bit in the Bible. Take that out. Um, um, I'm just going to worship this part of God, because this is what I'm comfortable with. This is what I, this is what I want to, um, this is what I feel happy to worship God in. That is, is not, what. we need to take God as he is in his fullness and worship everything in him. Um, and then in the same way, it's the same with us. We don't come to God in false humility. We don't come to God in false righteousness thinking, oh, I, I've done loads of things for God this week so I can step into his throne room. Actually, that's missing the point. It's God who's done it for you. We, we can come to God if we're feeling down, if we're, um, if we're feeling depressed. We can come to God in any circumstance and, and he accepts us. And to worship God out of those circumstances is even more powerful sometimes. Um, and, um, also if, if we go down the route of thinking I can only, I can only worship God and I can only approach God when, when we feel holy enough, we're just setting ourselves up for a trap really, um, of the devil because how can we ever make ourselves holy enough? We will never approach God. We will never ever approach him. So um, you have to know that God has covered you. You come to God knowing you're covered in the blood of the Lamb. However hard that is to believe in everything you might have done that week, you might have sinned a million times, you are covered in the blood of the Lamb. You can always approach God. Um, and, yeah, we need, we need his forgiveness. So if you're not going to approach him, then we're not going to get the forgiveness. And that's what the devil wants. So never let anything hold you back from approaching God. Um, so, um, there's different ways that we express uh, ourselves in our lives, how we can use our lives to worship God. And the first one is our heart. Go back. <laughs> um, and I think our hearts is a big one. I said earlier with, um, with relationships, that's probably the biggest thing that um, can distract us from God. Another human relationship satisfies, can easily satisfy those things that God wants to satisfy in our lives. And that can be easily something that we um, fix our eyes on. Um, And um, it's part of honoring God by honoring others around us. He's like the second most important commandment in the Bible is loving others as yourself. So part of worship to God is being part of a community, is um, giving yourself to others, sacrificing yourself for others, and respecting, loving, and honoring those around you. Um, And then um, I think relationships is one of those things that um, I've seen it um, in some of my friends' lives, um, where it can be one of those things that is is the thing that turns someone away from God. And quite subtly, it can happen. And um, it's, it's, it comes for a choice where they know someone is saying to them, um, I want you to give this person up. And um, they know God is saying that to them. And they make a conscious decision because of their feelings, which are huge. Feelings are huge. Love is huge, isn't it? Uh, it's, very, it's hard to turn against your love and your feelings for someone else. But, but you, you choose that feeling and that love over your love for God. And you can see that in people's lives sometimes. Um, I can... I've seen it in my own life sometimes, um, having to give those things up and struggling with that. Um, um, But God wants the best for us. He only asks us to give things up because he wants the best for us. Um, And although these people may go on to get married and have the most amazing marriages, and they will be covered by the grace of God if they ask for forgiveness uh, in turning against God, they will definitely be covered by the grace of God. But they may have the most amazing marriage, um, but how is their relationship with God? Because they have made a conscious decision to choose someone over him and that has an effect on any relationship any any of your relationship if you choose someone over that person it will have an effect um so that's just something to think about like a challenge in our hearts um even even some of you who are already married um it's 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 a challenge to not put that person above god to not because i know when i get married that'll be a definite challenge for me that that i'm not running after them i'm running after god with them Um, so um the second one is time and money um So we use our resources that God has given us in the first place. I think we need to understand that everything belongs to him. He chooses what he gives to us, and he chooses what he would take away from us. um, And we give that back to him in worship. So it is a sacrifice. Um, It is a sacrifice, but in some ways, he's given it to us in the first place. So really, it shouldn't be too hard to give it back to him. But money probably is the hardest thing to give back to God, because that is our provision. We depend on that to live, or so we think, when actually it is God we depend on to live. Um, so, sacrificing these things is about trusting God, really, and um, trusting that He is He is your provider. He is the one um, that will provide for you. Um, and God also wants us to be wise with spending our money. Um, he doesn't want us to use money as, as our source of security and happiness. Going to, going out and buying all the most up to date things to make us feel secure because we're up to date with the world and um, and going out on little spending sprees like probably a lot of us girls do just to make us feel a little bit happier. <laughs> um, when actually God can do that for us and He wants to do that for us, we're kind of robbing God of His giving His love to us by running after those things. Yeah, right. um, and um, but sometimes, do you know what? It is okay. It is okay to treat yourself. And uh, sometimes be led by the Holy Spirit on that one as well. Sometimes God says, I have pro- provided that for you. Don't reject it because it's expensive because I've provided that for you. Uh, you. You don't even need it, but I just love you and I'm going to give it to you. So it's about being led by the Holy Spirit. Um, so the next one is our ministry. Let me put the next slide up. So... Um, this doesn't just mean stuff we do in church. it doesn't just mean worship leading and preaching and youth leading and stuff like that. It does include that. But actually, it means what God has called you to in your life. What has God... That is your job. That is your family. That is the place that you, uh, that you are living. That is your mission. Um, and um, it's about using your giftings that were also given to you by God. So it's not sacrifice. You're just giving it straight back to him. Um, wherever you are in the world, in your whole life, to glorify and worship him. And um, God just revealed to me um, recently that my job as a nurse, I used to sort of be really like, oh God, I just really want to work for the church, so much more holy, and uh, I really want to just like, yeah, spend my time in the church and do worship leading and all this kind of stuff, and then I just felt like God said to me, do you know what, your job... That is your ministry. That's what I've called you to. That is, you are, you have been put into the most vulnerable places with the most vulnerable people and you are a child of God in that situation. And, um, and it's just made me really excited about my job and made me think, wow, actually that is so true. This is my mission field. If I was doing the same thing in Africa, I would call myself a missionary. So why, just because I'm doing it in the UK, do I not? Um, so I think it's good to, for us all to think of ourselves as missionaries for Jesus. Um, And um, also, God values the things of this world, just to sort of challenge us a bit of who God is calling us to, um, God values the things of this world that that no one in the world wants. so, Jesus talks about uh, true religion is looking after orphans and widows. I mean, I remember when I first read that, I'm like, is that it? <laughs> Surely God is more than that. But actually, it, that is that is it. That is, that is what God values, love for those that people don't want. That's what Jesus came. He came to save those that people don't want. Um, and we might think, okay, I um, don't really have any widows around. Um, I'm sure I could, like, help an old lady across the road. Or I could go to Africa and have, like, my picture taken with a little cute African child and put it on Facebook to make myself look like I'm doing missionary work that's there, uh, sorry <laughs> um, and, um, actually that is not what, what God is talking to us about in the UK I believe in the UK if you think about orphans and widows I would say widows are the single mums with no husbands, there are millions of them in the UK Orphans are those children um, and those they are children in in the riots who rioted during the summer. We all hate those don 't we but actually they 're without fathers, some of them without mothers, some of them without any authority over their lives. They are orphans in this society. Yes. The church should be rooting out them, not pushing them away um, and um, think about people on benefits people don 't really like them either, um, and the traveling community gypsies that is like I think that is something I'm very passionate about seeing God moving into that community and that is people they are definitely a little select group that no one really cares about and I think God does care about them Um, and I think if we run after these people we will definitely definitely see God glorified definitely there is there is absolutely no way that we wouldn't Um, and then the last thing is of course music we all love music we all love worship in church, that is the best thing. I love it, um, obviously, because I'm a worship leader. Um, but like, music is something that most of you enjoy, um, and God created it. God loves music too. Um, it says in the Bible that he sings over us. He also sings. He loves to sing too, um, and just like we sing over him. And um, Also, there's something about coming together on a Sunday or whenever we meet during the week, even at home groups or, or just meeting up with people. That, that makes us realize that worship isn't just about us and God, but it's about a community. It is about the kingdom of God coming together. And when we meet together, we hear, like, what God has been doing in other people's lives. And we can worship God seeing what he's doing in others' lives, not just our own life. It's not just all about me, 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 what are you doing in my life, God. But actually, it's looking at what, what is he doing in other people's lives. Um, and it makes, him, it makes you just worship him even more. Um, and... Um, I've already kind of spoke about feelings, like not feeling in the mood and stuff. And I would just say, like, worship, I think, is more of a choice than it is to feeling just like love. Uh, when you marry someone, you don't just stay married because you feel like you love them the rest of your life. I'm sure everyone would get divorced if that was the case. But actually, it's about you make a choice to be with that person. You make a choice that they are the one that you've committed to. And I think it's the same with God. You make a choice that you've committed to him, and, and, and he, he has done the same to you. you. He is committed to you, and you will never be taken out of his hand. Um, so we just do the, the, the same to him. And I just wanted to quickly talk about suffering. Um like the topic no one really wants to hear about and um but actually it's good to address it. And um I think when we are going through the hardest times in our life, that is probably when the most powerful form of worship comes out of our life. If you can worship God when your life is not going to plan, then my goodness, that is a huge testimony to the world. It is um, when we can declare God as the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and our salvation, when it actually seems like our circumstances are saying otherwise. We might even be wondering where he even is in our life. Um, To be able to come and to worship him is, that is hugely, hugely releasing and is also a weapon against the devil. We can use worship as a weapon against the devil. Um, The devil, what can the devil have on you? How can he make you fear anything if, if you still know that God is your God, that he has you in his hands and he'll never let you go? He can't do anything to you. However much your life circumstances might say otherwise, God still remains the same. And I really believe that, that you can see it in churches. When churches go through rough patches, when people remain faithful to God through that, it is powerful. And uh, I think you just have to read Acts and look at how they got persecuted and they were still singing in prison. And you read through Job. He went through a very tough time. I would never want Job's life. And then still comes out at the end, glorifying God, and God blesses him back abundantly because of that. Um, And I think that's something exciting um so um i'm kind of like rounding up now (laughs) um so worship is not about what we're receiving when we're here at church it is about what we're giving to god we coming to church on a sunday morning we have the opportunity to come together and give our all to god give our thanks to god it's not about we don't walk out of church weighing up the worship whether we got something out of it or not whether we felt something or not whether that is nothing to do with, you're missing the point of worship if that is what we come out, I've come out thinking that that mm, wasn't very good um, but actually, wh- what makes worship good or not worship good or not is your heart being open to God and worshipping him in spirit and in truth, that's what makes worship good nothing to do with whether the songs were boring or whether they were out of time or in tune or were amazing like Hillsong. that doesn't make worship good or not, worship is your heart um, and and um, So um, I think, yeah, we just need to let it take root in our hearts that um, when we come to church on Sunday morning, the singing part is not just worship to God. Every part of the service is worship to God. Um, So when we're meeting together for coffee, that is worship to God because we're honouring each other, we're supporting each other, we can pray for each other um, listening to the word of God is, is worship to God by humbling yourself under the authority of God's word and letting that change your life as you go out, that is worship to God to let that change your life um, being under the authority of the leaders that God has given us, that is worship to God tithing and giving back to God that is our worship to God, taking communion is worship to God, responding to God after the service and praying for another for one another. So the whole service is worship to God. We don't just do our worship time and then it's over. Everything is worship to God. Um So um, I just wanted to quickly talk about a few ways that we can worship God, because I think um, sometimes people in church, specifically physical ways that we see it manifested, because God does sometimes um, give us physical manifestations of his presence and things like that. And I think sometimes people can be a bit wary of that. Um, And I just wanted to go through some of the things that we see in the Bible and we see today and um, just want to say it's okay. So we can see people bowing down, clapping, dancing, falling face down, raising their hands, um, all those kinds of things is fine. Also, being a complete loony, that's also fine. Like, someone running around church, that's fine. If you look at David in the Bible, um, he actually was pretty much in his underpants running around. So, I don't suggest any of you do that, actually. That's not really appropriate. (laughs) um, (laughs) You probably will be escorted off the premises. But actually, just letting yourself go. Like, if 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 God is challenging you to do something different during worship and you are in front of other people please just go for it. Like, God loves the foolish things of this world to glorify himself. And um, if we, hu- that is a humbling thing to think, I don't care what people are thinking of me, I'm just going to go for it. And that is a very, to, to increase our love of God and to increase our joy in God, that is one of the biggest things you can do is just let yourself go in worship. But it is not for us to judge and look around and be like, oh, that person's just sitting down, they're obviously not worshiping God, are they? Actually, it's, worship's about the heart, so we don't need to look around and judge. It's Just, just focus on God during worship. Um, so to conclude it is all about him it is us giving all of us to all of him and he gave up everything to break down the barrier between us and God so let's live our lives fully in the freedom that we have been given. Let's not waste the freedom that God has given us. Let's take every opportunity to worship him. Our lives are filled with tiny, weeny little seconds. Every second is an opportunity to worship him. Um, And um, we are free. We're free to worship him. That is amazing. We are in freedom. Um, So that's it, really. And um, we're going to end by singing and responding to God in worship. But I've also got... Um, Two crosses um, on the side of the church, which Steph helped me put up. Thank you very much. Um, And they're probably a little bit wonky, sorry about that. Um, And uh, there's paper on the side on the tables with some pencils and stuff. And I just thought it would be cool for us to respond to God by, like, just thinking of that one thing in your life that you know overtakes God on numerous occasions. You know it does. Like, you can probably all think of it right now. And um, you know it's 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 a heart's design. It doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing, but you just know that that is something that um, you're not quite satisfied with either giving up or not having at the moment um, and if you just write it on a piece of paper and then you can either screw it up, fold it up and throw it at the bottom of the cross and then um, if you want prayer, you can stay at the cross and the prayer team will come and pray for you um, just to release you from that and um, um, or we can just come and uh, sing together and just uh, worship our Lord because we're free, those things they're away from us and even though we know we're going to go into the next week, still Still putting things above God. He has covered us with His blood. We are still holy. We can still approach Him at all times. So let's approach Him now. That's it.